Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The Bigger Picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to The Bigger Picture. And today we are focusing on China, where plenty of headlines are keeping investors on their toes. Among them, we have Chinese authorities rattling foreign firms again with arrests. And this includes the likes of Foxconn, which of course is a major Apple supplier. And we also have data to chew on where third quarter GDP last week came in stronger than expected, boosting hopes that the world's second largest economy is going to meet or even exceed Beijing's target for about 5% this year. Of course, the property sector is still in focus, not out of the woods yet, so plenty of chew on as we try to figure out how to navigate the Chinese market. And to help us out, we have Ken Shi. He is the Head of Wealth Management for Greater China at Sexo. Good morning, Ken. Hey, good morning, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Hey, great having you on. So let's start with the obvious headlines first. It seems like lots going on in China. And perhaps we can start with some of the data we have been seeing. Uh, We've been talking about a slump going on in China for a good part of the year. And then some encouraging signs last week around the GDP. Is this a sign that perhaps things are bottoming out and the worst is over? Yeah, I think maybe it's a a bit early to say that. I think obviously both logic and experience would tell us likely we might see more market volatility, potentially, I would say, before we start seeing an uplift in the actual Chinese economy. I think right now, for most investors, what they need to understand is, you know, China's being hit right now, I would say, with two different types of headwinds. One is very structural in nature, which is what we're seeing right now. They're kind of navigating how to come out of the issues within whether it's tech, property, and a lot of, I would say, economic type challenges ahead. And the other is the hit in confidence, right? So Mm -hmm. even though we saw a lot of the positive economic data, as you mentioned, I think to be very honest, this was a little bit above expectations, but still somewhat in line. But what we see in terms of investor flows is still pretty heavy, I would say, outflow from mainland China. I think right now, I think it's the first time this year we've pretty much since 2016, we've seen foreign investor flows pretty much see net outflow for the year. Um, and particularly in a lot of the big names like Tencent, Alibaba. And I think, you know, for a lot of investors, although the narrative in the market is very, very negative, I actually am cautious, but I'm also looking very closely at this market because I do feel that uh, looking ahead, there will be further policy guidance that should allow us to better navigate this market. Yeah, Ken, are you particularly looking at anything of interest in the Chinese market more closely that is potentially going to see more upside when things start to bounce back? Any particular sectors, for example? I mean, for me, I think, you know, investors really need to be even more selective when they're looking at the Chinese stocks. Uh, But I think medium term, there's actually quite a lot of value still within China tech. Um, And the reason is because, one, when we look at valuations, particularly after recently with so many uh, foreign investors selling off their holdings, valuations are actually still pretty reasonable at this point. And also, I kind of feel that, you know, when we see more policy guidance ahead, or let's just say maybe with the probes or the crackdowns that, that we see that easing out, then this will likely be the sector that recovers the quickest amongst the key sectors and also maybe a bit more longer term, particularly with some of the key names with exposure to artificial intelligence, I think could also provide some added uplift. So this is a sector that I'm actually looking at very closely that kind of unloved, but potentially may come quick out the gates uh, if we see some further clarity ahead. Yeah, Ken, in terms about exposure and also technology, among the headlines, we've got that. And this involves Foxconn. They've got some mm. reports about a series of arrests. And it's not just Foxconn, you've got a slew of other foreign companies as well. How should investors read into such headlines where you've got some politics in play? 
to be honest, we've started experiencing these types of, I would say, challenges even as early as, uh, let's say, 2020 in the Alibaba, right? But I think the, the key thing for me listening about Foxconn this week was it was also a bit surprising for me because I don't know, uh, obviously a week ago, we heard uh, Apple CEO Tim Cook coming out with, you know, China's Commerce Minister uh, Wang Wentao talking about that he's got the backing. It's more of a win-win collaboration. So to me, when I read into this, it says to me that we're still in a bit of a transition phase, right? Mm. Where there is a lot of positive news and actions actually happening, supporting the market, providing liquidity to the market, to the Chinese economy. But we're still experiencing these kind of probes like this, which to me is a little bit like a, like a person running a race where the two legs are not quite in sync. Mm. But hopefully when we look ahead, I think, you know, we have a couple of key government gatherings and kind of economic conferences in China that should be able to provide more clarity and stability ahead. So that's something that I'm looking at very, very closely. Yeah, hopefully more clarity to come. We are in conversation with Ken Shi. He is the head of wealth management for Greater China Exexo. And talk about all the nervousness and caution in the markets. That is sending people to quality such as safe haven assets. And that's perhaps one reason why I've been seeing bond yields go up, in fact, hitting 16-year highs for the 10-year notes. What's your takeaway when you see the bond yields going higher? How should investors you know, navigate higher bond yields right now? You know, we are at a, at Saxo, we would consider it a once-in-a-lifetime type buying opportunity for, for bonds. And I think, you know, for when we look within the cash and bond space, so let's lump this together first, I think it pretty much is an overlooked area within the past four months, particularly really when, when stock markets started to kind of sputter down uh, or trend down after the summer. And, you know, we've been talking to investors, I would say, since quite early in this year, given the fact that, you know, we saw a lot of uh, cash bonds like U.S. Treasuries, three to six month bills, you know, yielding over 5.5%, that really looked, I would say, from a risk reward perspective, quite attractive. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you mentioned, you know, recently with the Middle East conflict and whatnot, this has only driven up the demand for safe haven assets, whether that's in U.S. Treasury, whether that's in gold. But I think when we start looking at the numbers now, we are close to peak rates. It's possible rates may still rise ahead, but I think we're close. I think for clients right now who are parked very much in the cash space, that if they look to extend their duration a little bit longer, so I'm not asking people to extend long duration just yet, but I think when we look at the numbers objectively, this is already starting to look interesting. Like, for example, 10-year treasuries right now has just uh, exceeded 5% yield, which is the highest since 2007. And also when we think about uh, looking ahead, when the market starts getting challenging, that we may see rates cut sometime, let's say in 2024. Uh, when we look at when rates being cut, how they affect, I would say, longer duration type bonds, like for example, 20-year treasuries, right? If uh, rates were to drop, let's say, 50 basis points, the expected return could be potentially, in terms of capital appreciation, up above 11%. Whereas, hypothetically, if rates were to rise, let's say, your, your downside risk is almost about a fall of 1.1%. So that type of risk-reward is actually, I think, quite attractive for investors to start looking back into this space. So at Saxo, we remind investors, given the economic slowdown, that adding bonds to your portfolio will likely make a lot of sense, both from a diversification perspective, but also from a carry perspective in terms of income. So I think what I highly recommend a lot of investors do is potentially look into this space. You know, at Saxo, we just came out with our recent quarterly outlook. You can download that from our website. And I think the next two weeks, uh, we'll be also having macro outlooks where a lot of our clients can actually attend and listen directly from our strategists from Europe and APAC to hear for themselves how to navigate the markets ahead.
All right, lots to come. Of course, on the 5% level for the 10-year bond notes, closely watched to see if it makes an even more attractive proposition to get into bonds. We've been talking to Ken Shi. He's the Head of Wealth Management for Greater China, for Saxo. Ken, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. All right, great having you on. Stay Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.